Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. I am right on track with my weekly recordings and I had such high hopes for guests and I think there will be more, but today is the first guest in a long time. I am so excited to have my friend Kirsten here. I have been thinking more about what it really means to be a powerful woman. I think that's just been coming up a lot organically. And when we talk about birth and watch birth videos, it's so easy to think that for some women, it's just really easy. And while that might be true, I have the honor of having walked with women like Kirsten who have had to do their own work and have had to work through things and make choices and be intentional and be deliberate and all of the things I think she'll share with you today. I really feel like it's important for us to honor this in a woman's life and pregnancy that yes, the baby comes out uh, in whatever way, but there is a whole process. There is a whole initiation of pregnancy. And when I was thinking about that, Kirsten came to mind as one of the ones immediately that I knew could speak to being a powerful woman during this time with her first baby of all things. I'm always extra amazed because that wasn't my experience. Of course, I had to live it a little bit harder, uh, but I'm always just so humbled and admire these women that with their first are able to make sense of the crazy world of pregnancy and birth. So uh, welcome Kirsten to my podcast. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, how about starting with your own origin story? I don't know how much you want to share about your own birth or belief systems, but I thought of you and was just pondering that, like how curious it is to grow up in a certain way and, you know, make different choices. So I'll stop talking. You introduce (laughs) yourself and take it from there. Um, Yes, my name is Kirsten. I, I came from a very standard American upbringing for our time. Um, My mom had three C-sections. Um, what were the reasons for those um, or yours yeah so she was told that her pelvis was too small Um, she was a very she was a petite woman so I'm sure that sounded exactly true and um, Mm. she wasn't very healthy I would say that I have many generations of malnutrition and just being generally unhealthy um so I'm sure things arose that my grandmother couldn't totally articulate to me during the birth, but um, uh, she 
never questioned it. It was just like the doctor said, you need a C-section. And she said, okay, that's what we're doing. And everyone said, that's what we do. And, um, what number baby were you in your family? I'm the oldest. That's right. Yeah. So you were the very first primary C-section. Yes. And then as, um, we're all two years apart. So my mom had, you know, three babies in six years. So three C-sections in six years. And then she suffered some pretty bad, what I believe um, she's now deceased due to some drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. issues that she had, um, mental health issues. And I think that a lot of it stemmed from some postpartum depression that she had following having so many babies so close together, um, huge lack of community and lack of support. And um, just Jen, she just never took nourishing herself seriously in any way, whether it be food or emotionally. Um, So she did not have a good time (laughs) when it came to that. I truly believe she loved her children and I do believe part of her loved being a mom, but um, I think that a lot of her issues in life did stem from becoming a mother, which is something that I had to work through a lot during my pregnancy is kind of feeling the weight of that and attempting to overcome it. And then of course, um, my dad remarried and she was, uh, my stepmom is a nurse. My dad is, I'm a retired fireman. My grandpa's a retired fireman. My uncle is a retired fireman. There's, um, so much medical, um, careers in my history. Um, so it was kind of like just a matter of time until I entered that world too. So I went to nursing school. Let me pause you for a minute. I want to hear more about what belief systems you you feel like you were taught. Did your mom ever speak of your birth or her own pregnancies or mothering much to you? So she never talked about my birth. Um, we became estranged when I was about 12. Hmm. So the conversations are that I remember are few and far between. But no, she never, never talked about birth. But... Um, I, I have memories and then my father's retelling of how things went down. It just sounds like she just could never get back up from recovering from, especially the last C-section. She, he said that her personality just changed and she just kind of never went back to who she was before. And I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't even thought about it until my sister said, like, do you think she could have had postpartum depression? And I was like, well, I'm sure it didn't help, (laughs) you know? Sure. Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I know that's, that's a lot and must have really shaped how you felt about being a mother, right? In some way, shape or form to, to see your own mother, like, go through that yeah when she chose to walk away from us um I was like you know pretty like too young to really like understand what that meant um Mm. but it was I knew I could feel that taking care of us was just too hard for her you know like she couldn't care for herself and like she was so weighed down by her own trauma generational trauma too just like Mm -hmm. you know um that she just she couldn't carry the weight of caring for 
children too. So I think I've realized that I, I carried that for a long time, having to mother my sisters and step up and be like a mom. That's why I waited until I was 32 to have my first child because I felt like when I turned 18 was, you know, the first time I got to be like a kid. Wow. So that's how you, you felt that I was going to ask you just like, how did that feel to, yeah, kind of have all that baggage around mothering before you had the chance to experience it? Like, that's really amazing. I, I just feel amazed by you that you were able to like work through that and sort through that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I do ponder this now having my own daughter. I think like, what is it that made me want to tell a different story? And I was talking with my husband about it. And I think that it's when she died, I had this big revelation of like, I just bet she felt so unfulfilled. Like, I, I bet that it was just such a heavy weight to feel like, what did I do with my life, you know? And I decided I was going to go the opposite way. Like, I'm going to go through the rest of my life with such intention. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not going to let, like, life happen to me, basically, is what I got out of it. Like, I'm going to... I'm going to do it to life. (laughs) Yeah, I love that about you. I love how strong willed you are. And yeah, I think that goes beyond even strong willed. Honestly, I think you're also just a magical woman. And, you know, I think some people are put here in their family's uh, ancestry to shift things in the ways that they can. And, you know, I just see, see that you are that person. But of course, you didn't know really, like before you got into all this right yeah 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 I had no idea and I just thought well I I mean I used to have all kinds of different opinions before the pandemic really is what changed all of my opinions but um, what were some of the old ones what were the old opinions like I definitely believed that people that had their babies at home were insane yeah Um, say it I love it (laughs) I was like how dangerous and selfish, like, you know, what are you trying to prove? Like, what's the point? Like, I, I truly didn't see like, what is the point of it? Like, when you can go to a hospital and have a baby, why do it like at your house? You know? Sure. I mean, that was your lived experience, at least as a baby. So yeah. Yeah. And then all the classic things of like, well, what if something goes wrong? Like, well, what if, your pelvis is too small, you know, like all of the classic things. I truly thought it's like giving birth and pregnancy in general was like walking through a minefield and people just like got lucky to get to the end without it blowing mm. up. Um, which is just kind of how I viewed like life and health in general. Like, sure. You know, but you again, also hope. like what you had seen, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even now, like, um, I've reconnected with my maternal grandmother, and she'll say things to me like, um, you know, everyone in our family has cancer. And so I'm thinking she's going to say, like, so you really need to take care of yourself. And she's like, so you need to go to the doctor to get screened. to Just right. to see if I have cancer and then, you know, go down whatever path they have for me. It's 
I see so much like where the patterns come from of just like things happen to us, you know, this is what happens to us and we have no control over it. Yeah, definitely. When, when do you feel like the first time that started to maybe crack for you was my friend, um, well, going through nursing school, I was, I was mildly holistic minded and I, I was going in cause I wanted to be a holistic nurse practitioner. That was my goal. And so I was seeing things that they were saying and like, like alarm bells are going off in my head. Like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. And, um, I actually asked one of my teachers, um, a question that I kind of already knew the answer to just like as a test. And I said, um, this was after I'd watched the business of being born. Mm. My friend was like, um, you should watch this documentary. So I watched it and I was in, um, L and D labor and delivery. And so I asked my teacher, like, um, what should we do if people, uh, want to refuse, um, like the erythromycin, the eye goop. And, um, she said, well, um, why would they refuse it? And I said, uh, well, what if they're like, educated and they know that <laughs> um like you don't need it if you aren't positive and she said you just tell them that this is to protect your baby and it's not um like a choice like it's that if they don't do it their baby could go blind that's wow. what you tell them and i was like so uh, like appalled and confused that I just sat there for the rest of class like I couldn't take notes I couldn't like get myself back together or even like come back with something because it was just like so apparent to me like oh that's what we're doing here like we're not all the stuff that they claim to be doing like teaching critical thinking skills and you know giving people holistic alternatives like you could tell them they could do acupuncture like what we're doing is like putting on a show, but we're making the decision. Yeah. Like it's, it's our, it's the system's conveyor belt and we're just making sure they get on and stay on. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's so well put. I, I love hearing that. I mean, it's not like we don't know that happens in a way, but I think with people like you that have actually worked in the medical system, it really is, um, you know, like affirmative to just hear like that is a lot of the training, of course, not everywhere, not in every place, mm -hmm. not whatever, but like, that is the mentality, right, that the system knows better. Yeah. And they don't even realize that they're doing it. Like, I'm that so. teacher wasn't like, I'm gonna tell her to lie to the patient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She's no. just like repeating. But yeah, that was the the first red flag for me. And then, you know, the pandemic happened and I'm just like watching every single day, like the absolute hot mess that was happening with the medical system. And it was just like flashing in your face every day. Like this is broken. <laughs> like, so yeah. I, How far did you make it? I don't remember. Well, I do kind of remember, but tell everybody, I guess, like, where were you in the medical system at that time? And, you know, how did it look from there? Uh, this was, I had just started my clinical. So I had one, uh, I had two semesters left. 
So I like drug my feet through it and I just kept rabbit holing and falling deeper and deeper. And I'm telling my husband, like, I think I've made a mistake. Like, I don't think I'm supposed to be doing this. Hmm. And he, he's a, he's crazier than me, but (laughs) he was like, you've worked so hard. Like he's, he saw how hard I worked. Um, so why don't you just, you know, get through to the end. You've got two semesters. So I did it. And, um, I was like, like a week before my very last semester, I like sat him down and was like, I'm dropping out of school. Um, and he kind of talked me off the ledge. Um, and we still debate like who was right in that argument. (laughs) Um, but I did it. I graduated. I applied for jobs. I got a job doing what everyone gets a job doing right out of nursing school, working in, um, uh, med surge is what they call it. So I was working with post-op, uh, GI patients and yeah, very quickly realized, um, not only is it so not where I wanted to be, but it's also like its own special brand of trauma to become, to be a nurse. Mm. Yeah, I bet. I mean, how can you keep hearing what you hear probably and seeing what you see without it being left in your body somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and just the brokenness of the system of it being so deeply understaffed and so, you know, treated like it's a hospitality (laughs) job. Um, so patients aren't nice to you. Management's not nice to you. The job is really hard. Um, I joke now, my stepsister's actually, uh, graduating in December. And every time I talk to her, I'm like, you could drop out. She's like, why do I call you? (laughs) You know? Uh, anyone I hear that's like, I'm going into nursing school. I'm like, it's not too late to get out. Like, you could could run the other way and you really should. Um, I, people don't know what they're getting into. And then once you get into it, you're so worn down from school and traumatized from work. And you have this like plane crash bonding mentality with the people around you that like, you get sucked in and you can't see a way out, especially just the time and money and effort you've put into it. Mm, Yeah. Trauma bonding. It's a real thing. So much. (laughs) Mm. That's amazing too, that people keep doing it, right? Like I'm thinking of your family and just what you've explained, like everybody is in that and everybody does that. And like you were told that was the best thing. It's so fascinating that it sort of just gets perpetuated. So I love hearing you say like, don't, you know, it's not too late because like, that's also real. Yeah. Yeah. I, tr- I, I feel like when somebody hears someone's going to be a nurse or, oh, I'm going to medical school, it's like such a like prestige and an accomplishment. Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's so great. That's so sure. great that you would do that. And it's like, I don't know that it's really great for anyone. <laughs> mm. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. So you're not looking back, missing those days. No, my <laughs> parents always ask me like, do you think you'll go back? I'm like, no, never. <laughs> what did it teach you though, going forward? Because as we'll get to, like you had such a radically different, you know, pregnancy and birth experience that like, was there wisdom there that was helpful? Yeah, um, 
I, I'm grateful for the whole experience. I'm grateful that I learned that I could work really hard and accomplish something that I wanted to do at the time. Um, and I'm really grateful for this, like, like you said earlier, it's, it's easy to say, like, when you're in this kind of realm of, like, alternative to traditional medicine, it's easy to say, like, well, doctors are trained to do X, Y, Z, or the medical system is what bad. And, you know, but when you're in it and you actually see it with your own eyes, like, it really is, like, very affirming to know, like, hey, I'm making the right choices to not hurdle myself into this and give these people complete control of what's going on with me. Mm. Because I have seen it. Like, I've seen the lack of informed consent that is encouraged just over and over and over again. And um, I'm a lot of people from my floor would transfer to labor and delivery. Um, and we had so many people come back because labor and delivery is so hard. And um, it's mostly because a lot of labor and delivery doctors are terrible. They're so difficult to work with and they are not, um, they're not willing to bend on anything that has to do with hospital policy. It, it's hospital policy that's running the show everywhere. Sure. You're, you're not getting in there and making a difference. There's, mm they'll just crush you under the wheel. Like that's sure. Yeah. So since you got to see that firsthand, I'd imagine that was like one of the main reasons that you decided not to go that way with your own pregnancy, which like you're saying is kind of a blessing for you maybe to like have really been in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, after I had watched the documentary and, was kind of like falling down the hole of home birth in general and thinking like, well, maybe that's not that crazy of an idea. I kind of like swung the opposite way and was like almost living out of like fear of like, I don't, I have to do whatever I can to avoid going to the hospital. Like wow. that place is not safe. And I, I still believe that I don't, I don't believe you're safer to go have a baby in a hospital. I, me, myself, I'm not safer in a hospital. Sure. I um, <laughs> but I kind of turned that around and was able to, instead of being running away from the hospital, I was running towards something. Once I went to the um, indie birth workshop, um, I, I can't remember what you call the one where the mamas come. Um, but I oh. went with Sam. Oh yeah. Maybe just our free workshop, right? Like there were yeah. both videos and stuff. Yeah. That's right. And weren't you, were you like really newly pregnant? I can't quite remember. I yeah. Like yeah. I was like four weeks pregnant or five yeah. weeks pregnant or something yeah. crazy. Like I had like a week out of a positive pregnancy test or something crazy. That's so um, cool. Yeah. I was like, well, I had met Sam because I searched Kentucky doula on Instagram and Very then nice. found her yeah um and then she was like oh this woman just moved here she's having a workshop like you've got to meet her and I was like okay so I signed up and went and that's when I saw those birth videos I like I was like this is my north star like I'm not running from something bad like I'm running towards this thing that is freaking awesome like mm, that gives me the chills that's so <laughs> awesome to say it that way yeah to run towards something 
Yeah. That is like so insightful. I hope people hear that because there's so much fear, especially like having your first baby, right? Like how much are women running from in any of their choices? Like a lot. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I'm so glad that I, I, my birth could have gone a different way. Like I could have hired a licensed midwife and I could have had a birth at home that wasn't in the hospital and and I, you know, I, I didn't have those things, but it, it wouldn't have been what I experienced because I still would have been just like avoiding one experience and not like going towards this. Like, especially, I think that was the first time you had shown Sam's birth and mm. I, Sam's birth was just like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I remember just thinking like, I did not even know that this was a thing you can do. Like, I want to squat in my bathroom and have a baby. Like, <laughs> and then like it just totally changed my perspective on all of it. And it went from that like fear-based thing to like excitement. Like I was excited to give birth. That's so beautiful. So many people are not. But that's an amazing shift too. Like I know I keep saying that, but I feel like, especially with your experience to have seen the hospital, even though in your brain you were like, okay, I don't want that. Like you were still seeing that or being exposed to that. And then you come to this workshop where, like you're saying, it's not even like just home birth. Like that would be enough for most people, right? Like mm-hmm. at home. But you're watching these like totally undisturbed, like raw births and something in you connects with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big things were I didn't know that you could give birth on land. That I loved your podcast about should you have a water birth, which I listened to after I'd gone to that workshop. And I was like, yeah, maybe I don't want to be wet. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> and then like, not having, <laughs> which I did not want to be wet. <laughs> maybe I don't want to be wet during my birth. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a valid concern. <laughs> and just all of the things that you could choose, like, maybe I want to be in the bathroom, the bedroom, but like, you know, like, it was the idea of like, like, it's a free-for-all. Like, I can do whatever I want. Like, I think that's what, like, drew me to it. Like, it can be, it can be what I want it to look like. And, you know, and kept, that the huge thing was me, for me was that we could catch the baby. Like, that was, like, I remember that was the thing in my mind that I was, like, no matter what happens, I'm going to catch this baby. <laughs> and then in the end, Matthew caught the baby, my husband. But, you know, that was perfectly fine with me. One of us to catch it. But like, even when you see the most beautiful home birth, it's the midwife, like catching the baby in a pool with the blue gloves. Like now when I, like now when I like am watching a birth and I see a blue glove, like come into the screen, I'm like, no, like yelling at the screen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, there's so much like, uh, subtle. I mean, for some people that's subtle, you know, subtle intervention and interference. And I think we agree, like women have just come to accept that that's the norm in so many places. And when I think about you and just like how powerful you felt, you know, it was something that I could feel your whole pregnancy, which is like you were in charge and you were very like open to support and ideas, but like 
it's just something about you, I think, you know, to be like, I want to do that. And like, I am going to do that. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just not everybody's way. So they're like, oh, whatever, like, whoever catches the baby or like, whatever's safest, you know, um, that kind of thing, especially with the first baby. But mm-hmm. I've always appreciated your directness. Yeah, I I think becoming a mom in general, like kind of brought that out in me. Like I, I haven't always been exactly like that. I I am a Capricorn, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't always fully embodied it. But yeah. like when it came to like something in me, like I just feel like I was born to be a mom and like born to mother. And I know that that's my job and I take it really seriously. And so I'm going to do what I have to do to do what's right for my baby. And, uh, you know, in my pregnancy, that was like, what's right for my body. So Mm. luckily I was able to channel that from somewhere. I don't know where it came from, but thanks. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I don't know either. Maybe your mom, maybe your ancestors, you know, maybe your baby. How about in your pregnancy? Um, I'm not thinking of anything in particular, to be honest, but just any challenges you faced or like choices that felt really important or anything that kind of challenged your beliefs, like any doubt that was put in you at any time, because I think that's also really normal. Yeah, um, I never. The only time that I had like a hard time where I like even had like an inkling of doubt was whenever we thought that she was breech when I was like 34 weeks or something like mm. that. Um, and yeah. I even what was, was that like, like yeah, I, I even was like earlier in my pregnancy was like, Oh, that would be cool. You know, to like have a breech birth and have it at home and have it all go great and awesome. But I realized quickly, like once it's your reality, like, Oh, it being like really cool <laughs> changes a little bit, but you gave me all the breach birth videos. So I watched, you know, probably 20 breach birth videos. And, um, I also decided to have an ultrasound, which I hadn't had any. And I had told myself, I'm not having any ultrasounds. Like, you know, I I won't, I'm not going to have any ultrasounds. And when that happened and I decided to get one, like, I feel like that was me leaning even more into like, actually making my own choices like not just now doing the indie birth birth versus like the hospital birth you know Mm. or a free birth like especially the free birth kind of like dogma almost of like oh like a wild pregnancy where I have like no interventions and no you know no one ever drew my blood and no one ever look at my baby and whatever it was like that was another form of like running away from something versus like making my empowered choice to have an ultrasound and so I went to I went to a weird place where they don't really do these kinds of ultrasounds got a three second ultrasound and was like you know the woman was like oh I can take pictures and I was like nope I'm done I just need to know where her head is thank you (laughs) and she was probably thinking like this girl is nuts but yeah that's so powerful though and you know a lot of people probably listening know this but I think a lot don't like you can use the tools and choices uh to the degree you want them usually you know I mean if it's a blood draw I guess you're stuck with a blood draw but like (laughs) 
ultrasound's a great example of like, okay, why am I doing this? What do I want to know? And you're the boss. Like, you're the boss. And you don't go in and do a million things someone else tells you you need. So I also love that about you, too. It's like, nope, head down. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that and I feel like that was also the time we started talking about like fears and and talking about transfer and um and I remember thinking like oh should I like pack a hospital bag or is that like bad luck to pack a hospital bag and I ne- I never did I went into labor like way earlier anyway than I thought I was going to um but all of those like that last little fear of like, what if I end up in a hospital? Like, you know, like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to survive if I end up transferring? And I really just had to let go of that. Like this birth is going to go the way that I want it to go. No matter if the circumstances of the birth aren't perfect, like I'm going to remain empowered. I'm going to stay, you know, I'm going to make the decisions and I'm going to let people help me or, you know, do it myself, depending on what the choice arises. But no matter the circumstances of how the baby comes out, like I will, I will be the person in charge, not not like in charge. I I don't want to mean like I'm going to control the situation, but like I will be in the driver's seat. Yeah, you're going to be the fucking queen no matter how it ends up looking. And that was your intention. Yeah. Even if it's in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Which was my worst case scenario, you know, like I had to come to peace with that. And I think that's why when I was in labor, I'm thinking like, well, the worst case, I'm going to go to the hospital. Like, it's fine. Let's just, (laughs) let's just do that. Yeah. That's so fascinating to share though. I feel like that's something everyone has to walk through when they're planning a home birth. Uh, You know, every woman has to decide how much attention to give that whole topic of potential transport and you know women do it all kinds of ways some have like all the plans lined up and some don't and um, reflecting back to you that like when you were going through this like well the baby might be breached and like this could change my whole life depending on what I decide is right Um, just really seeing that powerful goddess in you even then to like navigate that and I don't know if you feel this way, but I think it was such a cool opportunity for you. Like it was cool for me to watch you do that because I feel like we all need to do that in our own way, in a sense, you know, and some people do it in labor (laughs) and that's fine. But it's like you worked through that in those moments. That's what it looked like, even though you were nowhere near labor, like you walked through the like, okay, what if, like, what if that's where I'm at? Um, So just reflecting that back to you that, you know, that was like a huge amount of work that I think totally like makes sense with like how easy birth ended up looking for you at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm grateful for that whole situation because I do think that it kind of that, yeah, that totally makes sense. I had already faced that worry and fear and could check it off the list. (laughs) Yeah. And you were good with like where the power lies, you know, rather than like you're saying the external like, well, I would, you know, I would do this or I go here and Matthew would do this and he would do that. And like, it was like, no, however it happens, like I'm going to be in it, you know, and here's my chance. So 
thanks for sharing that. I think that's such a that's such a powerful example. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How does it even feel to like reflect back on those kind of things? I don't know how much thought you've given them since just, you know, pregnancy memories. Yeah, I feel like I I kind of reflect every whenever I'm feeling like my baby's old, you know, she's a whole 15 months, though. She's basically a teenager now. (laughs) Um, But you know, when she turned six months, and then a year, I kind of like just reflect back on it. And then I usually get baby fever, which I always have baby fever, you know. yeah, it's, it's something it every time I look back on my pregnancy in general, I just, I think I want to be pregnant, because I felt so empowered at that time. So like my baby fever kind of stems from like, I just have never felt more powerful and, and in, in control and not, not in control, but like in charge yeah. is really. Um, yeah, I loved being pregnant. That's why I, I, I have so little in common with like, some people that I meet who just like hated being pregnant and hate mothering almost like, you know, it's, it's all, it's so like in vogue to be like, Oh, pregnancy is so terrible and birth is so painful. And I hated giving birth. Like I would never do that again. And yeah, I loved it. I think the the way I did it, it has a lot to do with it. But like, I loved being pregnant. I loved giving birth. Even if right after birth, I did tell you I'll never do that again. But <laughs> I think it was only like a number of hours, though, I swear, before you it was your it was like, that. yeah, like the next day I was like, okay, I can do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, I I remember this about you, too. Not that, you know, maybe you didn't have little things here and there, but that you were yeah, very confident and and glowing in your pregnancy and strong and sure of yourself. And, you know, not to go down like, well, there's a million things we could talk about. But I think just how you took care of yourself is really, really great. And, you know, is such a solid example for women out there, like nutrition wise, and you know, just how seriously you took all of that. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if you have anything to share about that. Yeah, I, I sometimes think people, because I talk about birth nonstop, I'm like crazy, like I'll like go to get my hair cut. And um, I'll come home and be like, the lady that cut my hair was telling me about her traumatic childbirth. And Matthew was like, Yeah, I'm sure she brought that up. So I'm always talk I'm always talking with people and I think often there's this thing with people that have home births, like everyone should have a home birth. Like everybody needs to have a home birth. Like that's the best choice. And I, I don't think it really is for everyone. Like I think that there are plenty of people who don't really want to take the responsibility that it requires to be like confident enough to walk into a home birth. Because they and that's fine. Like yeah. I I don't think that's even bad. Like if you want to outsource it, that's fine. Like outsource it. But that was like, not what I was going to do. Like I, I felt like it was my responsibility to make sure that I was as healthy as I could possibly be for myself and for my baby. And I really took radical responsibility for every single choice that I made in that time when it came to eating, especially like I, 
puked for the entire first trimester, which ev- everyone does. Um, not everyone, but many people do. And then, um, but then after that, I was just really able to like hit it hard with nutrition. And I knew that I was coming from such a depleted state, having been vegan for six years and then having a standard American diet before that. Um, and yeah, I just knew in the back of my mind, like that's probably the healthiest I've ever been. Like I, I would love to get back to that place. I, I still do a pretty good job because I'm breastfeeding. So there's the motivation there, but like, I was just so motivated because I had that North star vision of this beautiful birth that I was like, I, I want to do everything I can do to ensure that outcome versus like just leaving it up to chance of like, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. Cause I just, I don't believe that's true. I think sometimes obviously like babies have their own karma, things could go a certain way, but I think a lot of it is in our hands with like taking care of ourselves, both with like the way that we eat and our lifestyle, reducing stress and, and I took that really seriously. I didn't want to just like phone it in and like hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you definitely did not phone it in. You were, you were a rock star. And yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, going forward from that, even telling other pregnant women to like get in touch with you and like, you know, get your recipes and get what you did and get how to make this or that because um, it also just, you know, felt like a passion in a sense to me like that you have that like uh just like nourishing um yeah nourishing vibe yeah I love I love it and I love to talk about it and um I'm really passionate about it you can just ask anyone that's had like a five minute conversation with me and mistakenly (laughs) mentioned something (laughs) so I could bring up beef liver you know oh my gosh yeah (laughs) yes you are the beef beef liver lady that is so true I love it well, um, I don't know what you want to share, like, about your labor and birth. Like, yeah, there's so much I'm sure you could say. I don't know where you're at now. Um, for those listening, we definitely have Kirsten's birth of her daughter on our Instagram, for one. I'm not sure if it's on our YouTube channel. I honestly don't know at the moment. But I don't, I don't think it is on YouTube. Okay, well, we, we should put it there with your permission, because then it'd be easy for people to find. So... Yeah, if that works fine. for you. Yeah, I'll put it on there before we release this podcast so people can go watch uh, if they haven't seen it before. Maybe they don't know if they've seen it before, but it is definitely one of my like most favorite videos for a million reasons. It's just beautiful and adorable and cute and <laughs> sacred and all of the things. So um, on that note, I don't know, whatever, wherever you're at that you want to chat about or not. Um. Yeah, I think one thing that I thought was remarkable was um, my waters opened pretty early before I gave birth. I think they were open for 36 hours or something. Mm. Um, And I didn't even think about it until after that, like, I didn't, like, I feel like most people would be, like, freaking out about it. But I was, like, so, like, I just did not... I wasn't sweating it. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I don't remember you sweating it. I remember you just being like, well, not in labor yet. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Waiting, waiting. I went to Whole Foods, you know, I got some snacks, went to the chiropractor. And yeah, when I finally was in labor, like, 
people are like, how was it? How did it go? Or, and then they'll tell stories where they're like, I was this many dilated for this time and all this. And I'm like, I pretty much was just like mooing like a cow for approximately 16 hours, 12 hours. I can't even remember now. It was like 12 hours or something. Um, while no one touched me or talked to me, like, and then, um, and then I <laughs> like, well, no. And then at the beginning, this comes back to like, I had been interested in free birth and I had told my husband, I'm just going to birth my baby in the woods. But then I realized, you know, in times past, we would have had women around us. We would have had people who had gone through this. And, um, if you looked at my labor, like, you know, Sam wasn't like doing hip squeezes or anything like that. Like we were all just like sitting around, you know, but there came a moment where I needed a wise person and you were that wise person. I was laying there and I was like tired. And I said, I just feel like I'm not making any progress. And you said, you are standing at the door. Whenever you are ready to walk through that door, you can walk through it. You can lay here as long as you want to. But when you're ready to walk through, it'll be over. Basically, you know, you'll have a baby in your arms. And I laid there for one more contraction and then literally leapt from the bed. <laughs> I remember that leap. It was epic. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to have a baby. So I did exactly what you told me to. You were like, you could try, like, there's like four positions you could try and they'll help her move down. I went into the bathroom. I did all four positions for two contractions. <laughs> And then came back in and yeah, I was ready to push. It was like the wild. I just like made up my mind. We're going to have a baby now. And we did. <laughs> it, I believe it about it you. was wild. Yeah. Your baby was so cooperative. Yeah. yeah. So, so great. Yeah, she was it, perfect. It was so great. Yeah, now I'm yeah. going to go get pregnant, so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Matthew will be like, oh, thanks for doing that podcast. Yeah. Um, no, not that it took the podcast. I'm sure I'm sure you relive it, you know, on the basis that you do, because I know I have with my own births in the ways that we can remember, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think some of it, like, we don't remember, and that's perfect in the ways that we need it to be. Um, but, yeah, it was really like straightforward looking from the outside other than the waters being open for a while I think you know that gets some people and sometimes that complicates things in ways but for you it just felt like well that was just the beginning of her birth story and uh, after that break in time it really just became just like your typical textbook kind of labor I remember getting there and you were laying down and you were like really in it um, and just being like, oh, wow, like she's doing so fantastic. And I don't know how she's laying down right now, but I'm not going to say anything because it was so obvious to me that you were getting close to having a baby. And I'm like, I don't know how she's laying there, but um, whatever, whatever she wants to do. Um, I don't even remember you arriving. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I laid down either. I'm just lazy, I think. Well, I did pace for like four hours straight. So that was smart. My legs were tired. Yeah, now. that's smart. I mean, if you can, you you do, you know, and people think you always need gravity, but, you know, you obviously don't. You obviously need what you need. And I know you yeah. were, you were like in it at that point, but 
I don't know. It looked really natural for you too. Didn't look weird. Um, yeah, it was such a great birth. I remember your dogs doing their funny thing and having to take a dog from your husband (laughs) because the baby was coming out and he was just holding the dog. Like it's one of my (laughs) most favorite memories because it's just like so cute and so real and like, let me hold the dog. That's why I'm here. (laughs) You you want to go catch the baby or you just want to hold that chihuahua? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he had never, I mean, other than videos, I'm assuming he's never seen a birth before. So he was doing great. Yeah, just all those quirky things of like my dogs being crazy and you being able to give me a pep talk and, you know, running to the bathroom in the privacy of my own home. Like that's what I wanted and I got exactly what I wanted. Hmm. That's amazing. It was really, really special. And to finish off the story, what about your placenta birth? Because I remember, didn't you wait a little bit for your placenta? Yeah, I, um, her cord was kind of short, so I was kind of like having trouble holding her and I had never given birth to a placenta before, so I didn't really know what I was like feeling for. So I was like, you said it would feel like kind of crampy, but I don't think I actually felt that. I think I just was feeling like, you know, post-birth feelings. So I, I think I was kind of trying to force it and I wasn't quite ready. And I think that next time I would like give it as much time as it needed, but um, yeah, we ended up going to the bathroom and I can't remember you did, you put something like peppermint oil or something into the toilet or I can't remember. Do you remember? Mm, <laughs> I, yeah, it, I mean, if it, yeah, if it was something in the toilet, it was probably peppermint. But what I remember is like you going into the bathroom and you know, you weren't bleeding or anything. So for people listening, it's like, there really is no rush, but I really can't remember how long it had been. I mean, was like an hour or or something. I can't. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like ten yeah, minutes or anything. That. Well, we were worried about it because I hadn't peed in a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I didn't yeah. quite remember. I mean, right. And I don't remember like being worried about any of it. But it's also just nice when it comes out and you can rest and all of that. So I remember you going into the bathroom and like me purposely leaving because I was like, I'm not my I'm not helping right now. Like, <laughs> You know, my expectation of this placenta coming is like just not what she needs. So I'm going to go away. And I'm pretty sure that's when it plopped out into the whatever Sam had or I don't know, maybe yeah. Sam wasn't in there. I think Sam was in there. Someone was in there with me. She caught it. Yeah. yeah. And then I took the best nap of my entire life. Well said. And well-deserved, of course. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty magical, the whole thing. And then um, I just learned so much from you during my pregnancy about how important, like, you know, the postpartum phase is. And I just took that really seriously, too, and straight chilled for, like, a month. Yeah. (laughs) And it was so nice. You did from what I saw. And that was very, very nice to see because, yeah, sometimes people don't listen and that's okay. They don't have to listen. But I think we do pay for it sometimes when we don't. Yeah, especially if you're a first time mom, like just chill for 30 days or how as long as you possibly can, because you're never going to chill again. (laughs) That was so wise. Right. I know. You're right. Right. When you have your next baby, like you. Yeah. Well, hopefully chill again, chill. but you're yeah. right. It won't be the same. It won't same. be as, yeah. 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 Hmm. Oh. 
what mothering wisdom do you feel came through all those experiences for you? I'm sure so much. Yeah, so, so much to do with just um, trusting my intuition and, and being really hands off with making decisions about her like when things come up like I always think of like well the first thing I'm gonna do is nothing you know like I'm just gonna wait and see what happens and that I mean that came from with how my sorry it's okay (laughs) they deserved an appearance (laughs) I know it's very um but just being able to just like not feel like I've got to do something um And I did that a lot in my pregnancy. Like, you know, I would have something come up and I'm like, should I do this? Should I do that? Well, I don't have to do anything yet. And that that's a big part of how I mother. Like, you know, there were little things that come up when they're little, like with their GI systems and different things like that. And just being able to be like, let's just wait and see. It's like a, such a huge tool in mothering. Like, mm. Instead of freaking out and feeling like we have to do something, we could just do yeah. nothing. Mm. And then also just, like, having, being able to consult you, like, if I had walked through this by myself, like, I don't have anyone that would have been able to, like, you know, bounce ideas off, that I would have been able to bounce ideas off of. And I had both you and Sam, and that was just so valuable. And I'm just, I'm grateful that I chose to to walk with you and with Sam versus, like, by myself. It's just that made such a huge difference and in no way did I feel I was handing my power over to you, but only like, you know, more empowered because I had people beside me. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. And ideally, yeah, that's true for all of us, right? Like having sisters, having a circle, um, yeah. Having more experienced mothers, having less experienced mothers, like that really is where so much of the wisdom lies. And like you're saying, if you have the confidence or you've built the confidence, because like you really built it too, to still come back to yourself and like still realize no one, you know, no one has the magical answer for you, but to be held in that. Um, I think that's so wise too to accept that, you know, I think there's so much like do it yourself culture now. And those mothers often are really suffering because, you know, isolation is not the funnest way to be uh, and we yeah. all experience that anyways but yeah I think to have each other has felt really good for me too I get it yeah I think and I think it's one of the closer unless we're all going to move to the woods and live in like a commune like this is kind of the closest we're going to get to that kind of like tribal experience yeah. that we would have had yeah yeah, I agree. It is kind of like the the newer way of being in community. And I feel so, so blessed and honored to have walked with you and to like, have had this talk with you today, we really should catch up more regularly. But, um, you know, it's nice to know that we we have this connection, even from afar. It's very special. Yes, so grateful that you randomly moved to random Kentucky and I was able to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. Well, thanks for being here today. That was really fun and maybe more to come, but looking forward to just seeing where your life goes and really grateful you shared all this today. I know it'll be so helpful 
and valuable to women out there listening. So I'll make sure to link to your birth video and anything else you're wanting to leave people with. No, I feel great about that. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You're so welcome. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you again soon.